0: What's going on, everyone? Kyle here, along with Ed and Tom. This is the You Know I Got Soul So in Stereo podcast. And guys, it's been a long time since we've done one of these podcasts. How are you guys doing?
1: Player, I am chilling. It is 2018. Santa has come and gone. The new year has come and gone. Unfortunately, some garbage artists are still with us. So it's same old, same old over here in Soul and Stereo Land.
2: I'm doing good, too. I've been sitting around waiting all day to record this podcast while Kyle and and you and your family were at Denny's for the uh, extended buffet, I guess.
0: Ah, yes, the Sunday morning buffet. You gotta love it. (laughs) 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 Man, it's been been quite some time since our last podcast, and I have some good news for everyone, but I also have some bad news. Um, Let's start with the good news. We made it to another year. R&B survived another year. And it's still alive. It just keeps on chugging along. How's that, everyone? P-
1: player, that thing is limping across the finish line, but it's still breathing.
2: And you saw plenty of people saying they're going to bring real r and back. If I hear that one more oh time. Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> if i one more time, player. If I hear it one more time.
0: And the amount of people that brought r and back in 2017? Zero. <coughs> Anyways... <laughs> All right, let's calm down, guys. I also have some bad news for everyone. It might be good to some people. Uh, Bad news, Justin Timberlake dropped two new songs, and neither of them are very good. And we'll get into that later. Um, Some more bad news, Cardi B is dominating the charts at this point. I think she has like three or four singles in the Hot 100 Top 10 charts, and Ed is ecstatic about that
1: i am spitting mad about that but we'll get on that later before i start spitting venom and y'all getting my mentions again and well, i have a the quick most- question
2: rant, 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 oh sorry maybe i shouldn't even go into this but random question you know how every generation speaking of car to every generation previously hates the next generation stuff and complains about it did anyone ever complain yeah. about luther vandross i'm just curious
1: absolutely not there are some generations where you have at least one artist that's untouchable and i have never known a human brain with functioning ears to complain about luther got it they complain about whitney though but we'll get on that another time
0: actually you know what (laughs) at work i work with uh someone who's in their early 60s every time i mention michael jackson he rolls his eyes he's not impressed by the king of pop
1: that i have heard many of that yes
0: haters uh but on to the most important news of all and like i said this is bad news for a lot of people but it might be good for some people this guys is our last episode ever you know we've had a nice run but i think it's time that we move on to other things and work on other things right
1: yeah the you know i got soul soul and stereo podcast winds up with this one so this will be a monumental episode
2: why is this the last one, guys? I think we just don't like each other that much, to be honest.
1: Now, I yeah, I just couldn't stand another podcast with Tom. I was just like, "This is it, player. Oh, one more, man. and then I can make it without getting blood on my hands."
0: Bro, man, man, we were trying to we were trying to leave this on a happy note, but here you are reenacting Drew Hill on that radio show when they broke up <laughs> ten minutes after. We <laughs> Come
2: on,
1: guys. We gotta do For better. Problem, than if that. this lands us... The, if the we land a reality show with Key Sweat, then we all good. That's the only thing I'm here for.
2: My real problem is that Ed gets a bigger cut of of the check every week, and I don't think it's fair at all.
1: He doesn't know anything Listen, about play, music. Listen, play, player. You have seen my suits. You've seen the wardrobe game. I gotta keep it up, dog. Gators.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be honest with you. So I'm, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of. Uh, I'm gonna give the listeners in on on the backstory of the podcast and. What goes down here is so each of us has a list of demands that we require when we're recording one of these things. You know how like an artist has a rider of certain things that they need at each concert. Some people need like five bottles of water. Some people need fruit. Well, for me, I'm very simple. I just ask for a can of Sprite. I think, Tom, you just want your Sour
1: Patch Kids?
2: Swedish fish, come on now.
1: Swedish fish, yeah, get it right. I'm the Sour Patch Kid guy.
2: Okay,
0: but more recently, because Ed has gained more fame, he's been asking for bottles of Cristal, and we can't
1: afford that, unfortunately. (laughs) It's first of all, uh, I am not an expensive type of brother. If you don't have a Cristal, at least hook a brother up with the sparkling lemonade, and I'll be good. (laughs)
0: Sparkling lemonade. So, wow. (laughs) Wow. Anywho, let's get focused here. Um, Like I've mentioned, it's been a couple of weeks since our last podcast. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, I want to first off start start off by talking about the top 100 songs on our countdown for 2017. Yes, it's been that long, but whether you guys believe it or not, we did publish a list of our favorite songs of 2017. I want to quickly just go through the list from number 10 to number 1. And, uh, you know, if you guys can, uh, I'll go through each song and you guys let me know what you loved about these songs. And then once we get through that, maybe we can just point out some of the other songs that made our list that you guys really liked. And for some reason, Tom or I or Ed just decided to sink it down so that it went from number 5 to number 50-something. That I think goes for every (laughs) Chris Brown song, unfortunately. But let's, (laughs) let's go with number 10. So we had Stokely Level. Which one of you guys voted that one in that high?
1: I voted that one. And in fact, if I'm remembering correctly, because unfortunately, this seems like forever ago, I'm pretty sure that may have been my number one. Um, Just to give some background on how we did this, all three of us submitted a list of about, I think, 50 songs that we considered the best of the year. We combine those lists and then we kind of rank them. So once we ranked those those combined lists, of uh, of course there were duplicates, so it may have been like 110 songs or something like that. And we ranked them all, and that's just how they kind of shaped out. So I'm pretty sure Level was my number one. If it wasn't number one, it was close to it.
0: And then at number nine, we had Vivian Green, I Don't Know. I think this one was one we all ranked pretty high. It was a very solid song.
2: Yep, loved it. More magic with her and Kwame. So she had, she had a fresh sound with this one as well.
0: And then at number eight...
1: Yeah, I think, I've been pretty... I've been kind of miss on Vivian for most of her career. But I really liked her most recent album. She had a couple songs on our list.
0: For sure. At number eight was Tamar Braxton, My Man. This was actually, I believe, my number one, if I remember correctly. I love this record. I think, Ed, you had a pretty high too. And Tom... You're not a a fan of piano ballads, are you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Can we leave? Uh, Let me just bite my tongue. Moving on to number seven.
0: (laughs) Number seven, we have our boy Kevin Ross, Don't Go. I really like this record. This had sort of that Michael Jackson feel to it. Tom, I know you really liked it as well.
2: And uh, we can't confirm if this is accurate, but he may or may not have released this as a single based on us telling him to, but great song.
0: Number six is probably the surprise of the countdown. Cherish came with a banger with Self-Destruction. Every year we seem to have a song that comes out of nowhere that ends up really high on our countdown. I still remember when Tiana Taylor ended up in our top ten with an album cut, but (laughs) Self-Destruction, this was a really solid song.
1: I love this song, and again, this one ranked pretty high for me, and it didn't... I was surprised that it ranked so high because I thought that I was kind of had an irrational love for it, so it was kind of cool to see that both of you guys liked it as much as I did.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that, you know, we could have just maybe easily have missed that one. There wasn't much fanfare about it, and then all of a sudden it's in our Not top 10. So, great song. Mm hmm. At number five, we had Music Soul
0: Child Benefits, and I mean, it's no surprise that this song ended up in our top five. I mean, he did, he did release like 30, so one of them was bound to be in our top five, right, Tom?
2: Oh, man. It was 22 <laughs> songs. What, 30? Come on.
0: Uh, but then if we're going by that logic, Chris Brown should be on this top five as well, and well, he's not there.
2: It's no, interesting, though, that this-
1: No, sure none of your songs got up here in the top ten, Kyle.
2: Oh. This one wasn't even a single though So it was interesting that we uh, all had this one Higher than some of the ones he did pick as a single
1: Yeah but if you Look at especially the fans on um, On Soul and Stereos page This was by far their favorite Song and yeah. my favorite song too Of the album I think this was a standout Yeah And yeah. number four this is a record I think we all really liked which is
0: Marsha's single Leia This is a good one
1: yeah, Marsha, as I, everyone knows, I'm a huge Marsha fan, and this is another that kind of snuck under the radar. A lot of people didn't even know the song was out. I was playing and my wife was like, is that Marsha? What song did this drop? So this one kind of slid by a lot of people, so if you didn't hear this one, go check it out.
0: Number three, LaToya Luckett and Ludacris Grey, which I still think should have been a single. I think it was a huge mistake for them not to put it out as a single, but it's number three on our countdown.
1: I absolutely agree. It, it's another interesting
2: one. Uh, she had some great songs on the album and picked a couple other ones as singles. Maybe she thought they were more radio friendly, but I definitely agree. It should have been looked at as a single.
0: Number two, Mary J. Blige. Her fans are mad at us because we didn't put her album in the top ten albums of the year, but she don't, does have the don't. number two record. On our yearly countdown, You Plus Me, Love Lesson, I think we can all agree this was a really good song.
1: Yes, a very good song. I'm still mad that it didn't get Grammy nominated, and there's kind of controversy if she even submitted this song, but I love it. One of my favorite songs of the year, and yes, the Mary Stands are still riding me because her album didn't land in my top 30 albums of 2017 either, but Calm Down, it's a great song.
0: And at number one, guys, Sam Smith, as we mentioned, is the king of king of blue-eyed soul. We know that.
1: Oh, my God.
0: However... Says who? Calm down, Ed. Daily is number one on our countdown with Until the Pain is Gone featuring Joe Scott. So, I would like to officially proclaim Daly as the emperor of blue-eyed soul. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the emperor. I was going to say the prince, but we'll take it. We'll take the emperor. What?
1: <laughs> Uh, Whatever you, whatever makes you sleep comfortably at night. But I um, love this song, and I was actually this is the one I predicted would be number one. So,
2: out of curiosity, do you think Sam Smith knows who Daly is?
1: Um, I would think so. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be. I give him that much credit. I think that he knows who he is.
2: Only because when I interviewed. This artist, Alan Stone, many years ago, he had no idea who John B. was, so I just always wonder these days. Another Blue-Eyed Soul singer, just so you know.
1: I mean, same countryman, kind of same style. I would hope that he isn't that ridiculous.
0: I don't know. The last time I ended up on Sam Smith's Instagram page, I saw him like wearing a dress in high heels, so he seems to be a little <laughs> busy right now. I'm not kidding. Uh, okay. Right. Um so that those are our top ten records of the year. I mean, you guys definitely need to go on the website to check out the rest of the countdown. I think we had a pretty nice variety of records from everyone. Trey Songs, Chris Brown, Legacy. We had a lot of different songs. 112. I'm just scrolling through this list right now. Also had a lot of new artists. Daniel Caesar, LMA. Um I think the Daniel Caesar fans came at us too because we didn't put Get You as number one. I think that's actually blowing up on Urban AC and it is, it is actually a great song, but we just oh, collectively we just collectively thought there were a couple of better songs and hey, that Daniel Caesar song was pretty high up on our list. So, I don't know where the hate's coming this. from, but it's all good. We all love the record. You know, Maybe ex-
2: You know what the <laughs> the most disappointing part about this list is, unfortunately? I have what? a very strong feeling that unless someone's a diehard fan of either of our sites, they have not heard over 75 percent of this list oh no i agree and that's just a shame and if you put this list in front of the average person i doubt they're even going to take the time to sit and listen to everything even though we're telling them to so it's just this is just the day and age we're in of r&b music and it's just unfortunate
1: well they have no excuse because if you check out the list which is on both Soul and stereo and you know i got soul there is a playlist right there A Spotify playlist so you can sit there and listen to all 100 and actually we have the honorable mentions there too so it's over 100 songs of 2017 if you missed any of the best stuff you have no excuse to whine about I didn't know it was out because we got we did all the work for you go check it out yep
0: I actually made a tweet not too long ago I think yesterday that said um, you know, I don't want adult R&B. I don't want young r and I just want good R&B. And this list right here, I think, is good R&B. It kind of touches on every single aspect of R&B. So you really have no excuse. If you're a fan of R&B, check out the list, check out the songs. But that brings me to my next discussion. Ed, I have to ask you, I don't think we've ever talked about this. Because we, we keep talking mm-hmm. about how, you know, the last generation always hates on the next generation. Do your parents listen to Keith Sweat? And what do they think of Keith Sweat?
1: <laughs> My parents do not listen to Keith Sweat. Because every generation kind of has what they have and they like. And then they don't like different aspects of it. Now, they will recognize talent. I, ha- I remember working with a co-worker when I worked in Louisville who did not like Faith Evans. And I thought that was insane. And he was like, she can sing. She just doesn't sing the type of music that I like. Because... At the time, she was singing, you know, the Puffy produced stuff with these old school samples. Kind of the hip hop theme was pushed in there, and a lot of traditional R and B fans thought it was more hip hop than R and B. Sounds familiar? That same arguments you hear today. So every generation is kind of like, eh, let me stick with what I know. But I think the difference is, even then, you could recognize talent. Nobody on earth is gonna say Faith Evans can't sing, but I might quite feel very comfortable in saying Cassie can't sing, but that's just me.
2: Well, I can tell you for certain, my parents don't listen to Music Soul Child, but however, my mom knows who Music Soul Child is, and she even said when he was nominated for a Grammy this year, hey, that artist you interviewed was nominated for a Grammy Award. So I'm that's look at something. That. <laughs> that did
0: happen.
1: Wow. So... That's Although mean- she probably knows him because if she goes into Tom's room, there's just posters of music all over the room. So there's no reason why she wouldn't know. So
2: Yes, yeah. because I still have a bedroom in my parents' house with music soul child posters up and Aaliyah posters.
1: Aw, uh, do you actually? Oh, I didn't know he had Aaliyah posters up too. <laughs> and there's a Neptunes
2: poster up in the, in the corner too. Wow. Look at that. Um, speaking of Neptunes...
0: Uh, It's time to talk about Justin Timberlake's new singles. He released two since our last podcast. The first one being a record called Filthy, produced by Timbaland and Danger. If you're not familiar with Danger, he worked with Timbaland and Justin Timberlake on the Future Sex Love Sounds album, which is one of the most revolutionary albums that I've heard of in, in, in my existence. But they came back together, reunited for the song Filthy, and this has been a pretty controversial record just because of how experimental and different it is. What did you guys think of the song
1: when you guys first heard it? Ooh, boy. Alright. Now, let me say this. I think there are two schools of thought on this song, um, because there are different realms of music, and sometimes I think we kind of box ourselves into a bubble and kind of look at things from an R&B perspective from my friends who like straight pop. And by pop, I mean, I mean the clubbing, the techno, the electronic. They thought this song was pretty great. They thought it was an extension of the future sex song, um, sound and kind of took it in a new direction. And they thought this was a song. Ooh, I can go tear up the club However, over here, for me in my house, the song was hot garbage because it was too much of a sonic clash. Like the obviously comparison is Sexyback. Sexyback sounded like nothing you had ever heard before, but there was a little bit of music in there where because there was enough instrumentation that kept me hooked. Whereas this sounded like I was playing Sonic, on the freaking factory level with the pistons dropping all over the place because the the actual instrumentation was so overpowering, I could barely hear him it just sounded like robots banging each other out so it was not for me at all video was cool wasn't feeling the song
2: I have uh, <clears throat> two points to make about it first, I'm someone who I don't just listen to R&B I, I actually like I used to listen to rock music, I've listened to pop music, all different genres. So I approach music as music, what sounds good. Mm -hmm. And even when I hear pop music on the radio, and if I don't like it, at least I know it's catchy. The song wasn't even catchy to me. Like, to me, Sexy Back was a catchy song. Like, you you could bop along to it. I didn't understand this music at all. Like, I couldn't see what the appeal was. Not that that's ever stopped something from being popular in this day and age. There's no, you know, I couldn't tell what made it popular, but man it just didn't sound like good music to me so that's number 1 and number 2 think about future love future sex love sounds and and how revolutionary it was you could have put something out in this day and age like a leftover from that album and it would still be relevant do you guys agree definitely like agree. it it would sound yep. fresh still now like that's a, to me that's a sound a, a, a sign that something was was a classic material and and this to me was not it it was i don't think it was ahead of its time I think it was just kind of forced and like, I uh, I don't know. I, you know what, Tom, I can't disagree with you there. Like I personally, I
0: think I like this song a little more than you guys do. The beat is definitely noisy, but that bass line on that beat, that's that's a beautiful bass line. In terms of the record itself, and I would say that does sound sort of like a leftover from the Future Sex Love Sound album. When I approached this album and I mean this song and listened to it, I immediately thought Sexy Back, but it never got to the point where it grabbed me like Sexy Back did. I remember when Sexy Back first came out, I played that song 13 times straight because I just didn't understand it, but I was hooked on to it. This one, I listened to it, it was cool, but it's not necessarily something that I'll go back and listen to um, a year from now, six months from now. It's cool for what it is, and I think for him, he put out that record on purpose just to reset the palette, I guess, and you know go against the grain of what was going on at Radio. But the appeal of it, it just was—it was almost good. It was missing a couple of elements from actually being good, and I think it's very reflective on the performance at Radio right now. It started off blowing up because it's a Justin Timberlake record, but now that it's been out for over a week or two, it's dying pretty quickly. So, mm-hmm.
2: what I mean, um, does,
1: there's not much to it.
2: I'll tell you what I think is missing. And uh, I think I told you I, I compared him. I said, is he the next Michael Jack- or this generation's Michael Jackson? Well, I changed that stance real quick when I heard the new music because he's not even singing on, on these songs that he's put out. I mean, I, I just can't get past that. I know Sexy Back wasn't the most vocal of songs, but still, I mean, from what I know about Justin is like you know, soaring bridges and, you know, vocals that carry a song. And to me, this didn't include anything I want to hear from him.
0: Well, we'll see what happens with the rest of the project because he has mentioned that this will be a country project. But he did put out a second song earlier this week, which was Supplies produced by The Neptunes for Ellen Chad. And a fun fact for everybody, the last time that it was actually classified as the Neptunes as opposed to Pharrell with additional production from Chad Hugo. I think it was the Jay-Z song, I Know. That was the last official Neptunes record. So that we're talking 10 years ago.
2: Great song. That's
1: crazy. That's a good little... Yes, and that, I love that song, by the way. But, yeah, that's a nice little piece of trivia. Even I didn't know
0: that. Yeah. Well, un- unless you uh, include the N.E.R.D. projects, but... As far as for somebody else, I believe that Jay Z record was the very last official Neptune's record, unless they put like some stuff that wasn't as popular. But we walked into this can I,
2: song. Can I ask you something, Kyle? Though. Yep. At, at you're you're a Neptune stan, right? Yep. At, at, and as 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 am I, but. As a Neptunes fan, were you disappointed to hear this production? Because it doesn't really... You wouldn't even have known it was a Neptunes production unless you read the credits, to be honest, in my opinion. So what did you think yeah. of the production?
0: So the production... It, well, I mean, it, it's its pretty much a trap song. I think you can hear... I don't even know if you can hear any Neptune elements to it. Maybe un, until you get to the bridge. But the song itself, uh, i I will start off by saying it's not a record for me. And I think you guys can both agree on that maybe it's targeted towards the youth but just from reading all the reviews online on this record it seems like no one likes this song which is crazy because it's yes. justin timberlake and can you really argue against pharrell that guy has had so many hits and it's hard to argue against that but from what i can tell no one really likes the song
1: well it's crazy because remember when i was speaking a little bit earlier about the two sets of fans and I sat with my co-workers when they watched Filthy for the first time. I had already watched it and went on my rant about how it sucked. And they sat and watched, there's like five of them, they watched it and they were like, we like this. Even I remember later in the day my wife was like, you know, I listen to it and it's alright. But this song has been across the board pan. The video made no sense. The actual production of the song was trappy and noisy again the concept of the video was just crazy because they're trying to be woke and then it's like little kids with goatees being dirty I don't know what in the world's going on the whole concept of both the video and the song were in left field and the production is as you said and not that I wanted to sound like 2001 Neptune's with the bleeps and bloops but it doesn't sound up to the quality and standard of a Neptune song it just sounds like someone imitating the kind of well-worn trap sound that we've heard so it is disappointing across the board i don't know and, anyone that rocks with it
2: and can you imagine legends like the neptunes having to even take on that trap sound i mean to me that's just a massive disappointment to see them have to you know go to the trends
1: right because i mean look at timberland look at Timberlake, look at, Nep- at the neptunes these are innovators these are always people that we turn to to innovate and take music to the next level and for better or worse, at least filthy attempts to innovate. But this thing is just straight up falling in line with everything else. I don't know if it's their a bit, their chance to get on Urban Radio or what, but this is a disaster. I don't know. We're a couple of weeks out for the album. And I'm not sure how Man of the Woods is going to look.
0: Well, I have a theory, and I was talking to Tom about this. Well, number one, before we get into my theory, can I just say, Justin Timberlake's voice sounds super annoying on that song, especially when he sings that supply part. Garbage. Ugh, yes. (laughs) Man. But my theory, and I might actually be wrong now that I've heard some of the album uh, on his last trailer for the making of the album, but I think he purposely put out these two songs because the rest of the album will fall more under that country sound that he's been claiming that he's going to go into which would make sense but i've heard some of the samples and they just seem like justin timberlake and neptune songs like it doesn't sound anything that's way too like left field it just sounds like traditional justin timberlake
1: well thank you for bringing that up because i hadn't had an opportunity to rant about this so as we always do at this time, see, this is why I wish that we had like this on video, because we need to just cut away and have a disclaimer on the bottom of the screen that says, please send all tweets to E.T. Bowser. I'm here for your hate. Because I was so annoyed when Word of this Album dropped, and everybody and their mama got on the little rag they think pieces and was talking about how Dustin Timberlake has abandoned us for country. Ain't none of you Negroes even heard the album yet. Before you fuss about him being some Conway Twitty dude, let's hear the music before you criticize. This was before Filthy. This was before Supplies. And good Lord, I know we wish we could have taken those two back. But instead of complaining about, oh, he's going country, let's actually hear the country album. Uh, But... Going back to that, like Kyle said, I do think the album is going to have some elements, but I expect it to sound like Bubba Sparks 2003. If you go back and listen to his Deliverance album, where Timbaland kind of borrowed some country elements but still had his traditional sound, that's what I expect. I don't expect him crooning on a banjo for every song. And what we've heard from the trailer, that seems to be more the case. I do think that Filthy and even supplies are going to be kind of more of the mainstream grabs and the album will have a different sound because that only makes sense and it's not the first time that's happened but good lord people at least hear the album before you start whining in my Oh,
2: well i will say one thing in defense of, of those people the press release that was put out for the music was a little bit confusing because it said he's going back to his roots and this whole memphis thing and then it was like when we heard the music in the first two singles, it's like, wait, what the heck are you even talking about? That has nothing to do with going back to his roots. <laughs> so I have no idea what the label is doing. And, you know, it remains to be seen what the rest of it sounds like.
0: Well, I mean, when you when you listen to Supplies, the verses, it does have a very country melody to it. I will give him that. The arrangements on that song, it, it does borrow from country elements. So maybe that's what he means when he's going back to his roots. Has a little bit of a no. That's exactly
1: what I think he means.
0: Country flavor, but still with urban beats.
1: Yeah, I think what we'll have is him influence, and we might have a country, a couple country battles. He did that on the last project, but I don't think it's going to be a straight up Conway Twitty joint. Like that's not going to happen. He's not going to totally step away from his base like that. So that's what I expect. But again, the moral of Ed's story is wait until you hear the music until you start whining
0: and not to get off track but when we talk about the think piece folks on twitter can they really be mad at justin Timberlake if he does go the country route because he's still working with pharrell and timberland so you know it's going to have some urban
1: influences to it of course and he has the right to work with whomever he wants so i mean i can't blame him either way at the end of the day, as your tweet said, Kyle, I just want good R and B. I that's all I want. Give me something good. I don't care who you work with, I don't care whose bra you ripped off ten years ago. Just give me some heaps. That's all I ask.
2: I mean, as far as those those articles though, I mean, this is we're in we're in the shock headline era of media. They're just trying to get clicks. No one knows what they're even Obviously. talking about. And no one's holding yeah. them accountable for being totally wrong. So it's like you can't even take them serious, these, these quote-unquote journalists. No, absolutely.
0: So, let's move on from Justin Timberlake and talk about another pop star who's been making a lot of impact on Urban, which is Ed's favorite artist, Bruno Mars. He collaborated mm-hmm. with Ed's new favorite female rapper, has somehow replaced Missy Elliott on Ed's all-time favorite rap female artist, Cardi B. Ugh. Now, they came together with a very colorful music video, and along with the music video was a remix of Bruno's song, Finesse, which is actually just Cardi B adding a verse to that song. But that song is blowing up on the radio right now, and, I mean, I gotta say, Cardi B did alright on that song. I mean, it wasn't... It doesn't deserve the million
1: yeses that it's getting on Twitter, but she did good. Well, good is a relative term, player. I have never heard a Cardi B verse that didn't sound like hot garbage until this one. And this sounds okay. So going from hot garbage to okay is, I guess, a step up. (sighs) Once again, send your hate tweets to me because I spent, the day before this song dropped, I mentioned that I was not looking forward to it. And for one week straight, I kid y'all not, the 11-year-old Cardi B fans camped out in my mentions, called my mama all kind of horrible names and while they should have been out doing their book reports, and slandered me into the ground because Lord knows if you say anything terrible about Cardi B, you are Satan himself. So thankfully my mentions have finally cleared up from that. But the funny thing about this song is direct from a business standpoint, it was brilliant because here's a song that should have blown up just off of the fact that it's an awesome track and it got no attention. So how do we get attention? You put the, unfortunately, hottest rapper on in the game at the moment on it, slap it on Urban and it's flying up the charts. And everybody's messaging me saying, have you heard this new song? This new song that came out a year and a half ago. But to that audience is new, so it pushes it up. So from a business standpoint, it was brilliant. From a creative standpoint, eh, I would have rather heard a something that kind of fit more of the tone, an MC Light, a, a Queen Latifah, someone like that who fit that tone. But since no one knows who they are except a BET announcer and a lady who talks about CoverGirl, that's not going to work in 2018. <laughs> wow. So that's why they had to throw poor Cardi on it. Again, from a business aspect, it was brilliant. From a creative aspect, I'm going to go listen to originals, original so I ain't got to deal with Cardi.
2: I mean, I I was talking to Kyle about this uh, offline, and uh, it's all about buying into a movement. Cardi B didn't make the song any better. I mean, realistically speaking, the video was captivating, which is what you need in this day and age. You know, it got people talking. You know, Cardi B is a whole movement right now. It's just people buying into a movement. It's not even about the music at this point. The song was great before she was on it and before it even became a single. So it's like... Man, people are just focused on different things than the actual music and and following trends and movements. Music is is just in such a different place now. Maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm just crazy, but man, I just watch these things unfold.
1: I think you're right. I mean, look at all the the records that Cardi B is breaking and we're all like celebrating like she's the new Whitney Houston. The reason she's breaking these records is because there are really no other. But we've got the movement and people want to be part of something. People want to be part of history. So that's one thing they push. And honestly, she's breaking all these barriers because it ain't really any other female rappers doing anything right now. So, it's easy for her to fly up the charts when she's on all these hot songs and feature because there's no competition. Same thing we saw with Nicki Minaj five years ago. He gave her the crown by default. And it's kind of the same thing that's happening here. I'm not hating on her success. Actually, I like her, unlike Nicki, who I don't like as a person. But... She seems like a nice person, but Lord step them bars up if you wanna land on my MP3. Man, you guys are downplaying you know
0: the- Cardi Man, you guys are downplaying Cardi's talent. Let me just read this off for you. This is straight from the Billboard website. Cardi B becomes just the third act to place her first three Billboard 100 entries into the charts. Top ten simultaneously, joining only the Beatles and Can I get a drum roll, Tom? Ashanti. Ashanti. It's Cardi B, the Beatles, and Ashanti. Hey, look at that.
2: But you know what? Oh, Ashanti was able to achieve that feat before you were able to support an artist by just pressing play on Spotify and then leaving the house for 12 hours and coming home. And you racked up like 100 plays for that artist and helped them succ- gain success. Legendary. That's right, Ashanti. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did we just call Ashanti legendary, and we weren't talking about her Instagram? Oh, Uh, actually, you know what what I
0: found out? It wasn't just three songs that Ashanti had in the top ten simultaneously. Ain't It Funny by Ja, and uh, Jennifer Lopez was also there, and she wrote that song. So, technically four. She did. So, there you go. Ashanti has gone from legendary legendary to the greatest. She is the GOAT. (sighs) Anyways, Tom... Please move on. <laughs> Alright. So we've talked about Justin Timberlake, we've talked about Bruno Mars. Let's bring it back to the early 90s. Keith Sweat has linked up with KC from yes, KC and Jojo. From Joe Ooh, to yeah. C. And immediately when I thought when I saw this song on our website, I thought, two things. Wow. It took long enough for them to do a song together because I don't think they've done a song together. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ed. And number two, every time I think of Keith Sweat, that list that I always see resurfacing on the inter on the internet, it always comes to mind the the worst R&B singers if you- list.
1: <laughs> If y'all put that list on my page one more time, player, I have seen that list 74 times. At list is eight years old. Get it off my page. And that list is invalid anyway because Rihanna should be number one. But that being said, I really love this track. And I know a lot of people are like, yeah, it sounds like a regular old Key Sweat song. And they're not wrong because it sounds like a regular old Key Sweat song. And that's why I love it. The production is a little bit... um. How can I put it? It's a little bit more elegant than the usual Keith song. It's kind of and it works for his for what he's trying to do. Poor KC sounds like he's had better days, but you know, <laughs> oh, these man. dudes aren't. Come on. They, look, they aren't spring. I'm not hating, they ain't spring chickens player. So good for them for being in the shape that they are. But this is just a classic sounding Key Sweat song. It's not doing anything new. And for artists who say, a lot of times we say, "Oh, we just want them to sound like we remember them. We want them to cater to their audience." That's what Keith's doing. He ain't out here trapping, like some other people would be talking about in a couple minutes. Escape, but Oof. I liked it. Oh,
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? Though I'm gonna give KC some props because he sounds better on this song than he did on the last Jodeci album. On the last Jodeci album, he oh my lord, it felt like he was singing with like that no teeth true. and he forgot his dentures at home. No so I'll teeth. Step up. Oh. <laughs>
2: Oh, hey! How (laughs) how come JoJo is not featured on any of these songs? (laughs) I don't think JoJo. That's what I always wonder. You
1: never, you never hear from JoJo. Maybe his voice is just completely gone. Where is JoJo?
2: He definitely can't sing anymore. We've we've seen the evidence. Uh, JoJo, we love you. Casey is the last man standing. Listen, man, at the show I was at a Casey and JoJo concert where JoJo. Was standing as a background vocalist with his towel in the hand, wiping his bald head. <laughs> wow. He didn't do anything. Wow. So, you're not going to see JoJo featured anytime soon. So, Ed, when you go into these new
0: Keith Sweat albums, do you expect, like, what are you expecting from these albums? Because. From my perspective, and this might be very ignorant of me, but his last couple of projects have been kind of similar, if that's the right word. So, what do you expect when you grab a I new Keith? Honestly,
1: I mean, almost all his projects follow a same tone. The last album that I remember being like kind of left field was the one in 2000, where it was kind of very hip hop influenced, which I like too. But a lot of people were like, "Calm down, Keith. Stay out the club. You getting getting up there in age you might throw out a hip." So, this last few albums is just the more throwback sound, and that's all I ask. Again, at the end of the day, I just want a song that sounds good, and sometimes it might be a little too middle of the road, not enough chances, and I think the album before this most recent album, that was my kind of beef with it, everything kind of sounded the same, but... His most recent album I liked because it sounded classic Keith, but we heard different sounds and different variations of production. So if he just does him, has some halfway distant beats, has some okay writing, Keith's pretty good. You know what you're paying for.
2: Now, Ed, I saw someone on the Internet say something like, I can't remember who it was that said this, but Keith Sweat has been releasing the same album for the past two decades. Is that true? <laughs> How do you respond to that?
1: Well I responded that is give me the name and number of this person so I can have a face to face meeting with them on behalf of King Keith. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also uh, also somebody needs to straighten I did notice that Soul and Stereo dot com was the first uh media outlet to post a new Keith Sweat single. I did see that.
1: Well well it's funny you say that. Uh I got to stay on top of Keith. What can I say? We have a standard to uphold at com, and that means Keith comes first. Wow. I can already see it
0: now. <laughs> the moment Keith dropped that new single, Ed got a notification from Twitter, got a notification from Instagram, got an email from the Keith Sweat fan club. He was ready to go.
1: That, thats I mean, you're joking, but that's almost how it happened for real. <laughs> but I digress. We,
2: I immediately ran home from Red Lobster. To post on the site.
1: I didn't know. We're from Red Lobster. <laughs> well. Actually, them cheddar biscuits be banging, so I wouldn't mind running home from Red Lobster. <laughs> wow.
0: Um, a couple of songs that came out from some vets. Uh, a couple of other songs. I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to listen to it, but we can briefly go through it. Escape, Ed, you mentioned it earlier. They're, they're trapping on the new song, Here For It.
1: I ain't here for it.
2: Tom? well I will say one thing about escape I was actually impressed how they've got this tour together because many of their no, counterparts I agree uh, just their 90s counterparts are struggling to get tours like this so the fact that they were able to get a, a major tour like this was impressive to me but as far as the, the new music though I haven't really heard anything that's blown me away but but candy's not involved so maybe that has something to do with it I don't know
0: yeah is candy involved in the reunion reunion like what's going on with that?
1: Well, I was confused because at first it seemed like she was, but now definitely with this new EP that's about to drop, she's definitely not. So, And she's always been the holdout anyway with the whole reunion deal, so I guess that that's not going to happen with Candy. But again, back to some of these earlier songs they've released, I've heard some more decent songs that I assume will be on the EP that are way better than this one, so... I don't know, player. This one is hot garbage. So we're going to hope for the best with my latest.
0: And Tony Braxton put out a new song with
1: Birdman. That's a little trappy as well, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. She's trapping, too. But this one I kind of enjoy because she's actually, it's a trap beat. But she's kind of singing over it. And it kind of works. Of course, it's not the greatest song you've ever heard from Tony. It's no classic. But I thought it worked pretty well. Old Birdman could have stayed in his bird cage, but other than that, it was fine. It would be a decent album cut. I probably wouldn't skip it.
2: I thought it was released just to feed into the headlines of, and I did see this on every site who posted it, that, that them two are rumored to be dating, and I thought it was, you know, they did a song together just to be to, to feed into that, and we'll see if it turns into an actual single, I don't know, but, you know, this that's where we're in these days, The the whole gossip and all that drives music.
1: Play. I heard saw one site that said they were married. So who knows? Uh, play I, for all of those who are listening. Please check the sites that y'all are falling into and retweeting and posting. Because a lot of these so-called journalists ain't got no degree on their wall. I'm staring at my degree dog. So we good over here. <laughs> but there are some people that just straight making up stuff for clicks, and it disturbs my soul.
2: Yeah, but do you know? Do you know one thing though? I will just say one thing. I feel like we're in the day and age of where like people will hear something and know it's bad, but just act like it's good on social media. Cause it's not, it's not cool to say Cardi B is whack. So you're not going to go on exactly social media right. and say, she's whack. You're just going to force yourself to like the music. <laughs>
1: That's unfortunately right. where we're at. Because if you say she's whack, then you follow what I spent for the last two, for the last month or a week and have little children running in your mentions with torches and pitchforks screaming at how they're going to kill you because they dared say that the artist they've never met before in their life isn't as adequate as they think. It's mm-hmm. very strange times, player. It is. Yep. Um,
0: I want to talk about another song here that came out. Bobby V, our boy Bobby V, is back with a new single produced by... I, is it Tim and Bob or is it just one of the two one or the two
1: Tim or Bob
2: there was some confusion over that actually it's just Tim though actually he signed to his label Right. and I actually just saw a post from Tim on on Instagram that Tim and Bob haven't worked together in five years now so um, yeah it's just Tim
0: but The record sounds like a Tim and Bob record, a little bit featuring Snoop Dogg, which once upon a time Tom said it wasn't a privilege to work with Snoop Dogg, but it seems like Snoop Dogg's on everyone's record now. Um, yeah. The, the song, a little bit, sounds like something straight out of 2005, which was kind of cool to hear. Just Bobby V has had such great chemistry with Tim and Bob over the years. This record, the beat sounds amazing the arrangements it's not really my thing it's not trappy by any stretch it's just it's not my type of arrangements
1: i haven't heard it yet but i've heard a lot of good things and i heard like you said that it does sound like a throwback to 2005 which is kind of vintage bobby so i got to put that one on my list
2: that's your generation colin those artists are in a weird place. They don't know which direction to go, and it's unfortunate right. to see it play out. You hear from Bobby, especially. We've heard so many different sounds from that that guy over the past yes. couple years. He doesn't know where to go, and it's 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 not even his fault. It's just that what do you really do if you're in his situation? You're, you're too you're too old to make that trap music, but you're too young to make the the adult R and B. So what do you do? Yeah, so I,
0: I am happy that he just went back to his original sound and although the song might not be my favorite Bobby V song it is definitely refreshing to hear him do something that's true to him and you guys are right my generation is so lost I ended up watching a little bit of Love and Hip Hop Miami for some unknown reason and I just remember Pretty Ricky fighting on there with some chick that I don't even know her name but they were fighting and I was like this is just nonsense
2: Hmm. So I mean that's uh,
1: that's where we are All you have to do is go on Love & Hip Hop, be funny, and then we support you to the ends of the earth. Hi, Cardi. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
0: Just as we're going through this, I mean, we have so many new songs, but we're going to try to get through all of them because it's been a minute since we talked about all of this stuff. Tenace released a new song, No Drama, featuring, I thought it was Future when I first heard the song, but it's actually Offset. Fun.
1: How can you tell the difference? They all sound like the same malfunctioning robot. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> Tom, you got a chance to listen to the song, right?
1: I, I mean it's
2: just it's just like um I forgot who told me this this phrase, but it's like with Tanache, it's like we see you built up this movement, we see you've been making this great music. Now we're gonna assign you and change everything about your sound. And like that's exactly oh what they goodness. did with Tanache. And it's like that now. That now that they did that, they haven't found a, a sound for her to make work. So they've been trying different things. And this to me, this single is just another one in the line of of, of you know throwing stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. So I don't. I just don't see it. And I love Tanache, but man, this it's it's, ah, it's a struggle watching it it's play crazy.
1: out. It's crazy. Yeah, when you look at where she came from and those early mixtapes and the potential that she had, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is going to be so great." And then the artist, she gets major label and they completely changed it. The only artist that worked for, and by worked, I mean success, maybe not creatively, but business-wise, was The Weeknd. Because if you listen to his early stuff, he was absolutely nothing like the pseudo-Michael Jackson we have now. But it's working in a financial aspect, but he has been the only one. Everybody else who they've kind of turned does not work at all. Yeah,
2: do you guys? You could think- probably, it, it, real quick. I, I was just say, good example, Ed. I was thinking the same thing with the weekend, but he might go home every night and just hate his life for the the music <laughs> he has to make. You don't know. You
1: don't know. you la- No, you're laughing. It would not surprise me if he does because as miserable and depressed as that dude is, I mean, he's probably sleeping on a pile of money and <laughs> bodies of strippers. But every song he writes about is about how he hates himself. So it's probably true.
0: Man, can you imagine if the weekend went into like one of those uh, label meetings and they were like, "Yep, you got to cut your hair," and then he did it, and
1: now he just cries
0: every night because of it. Highly, possible. I bet
1: he does. He misses the broccoli haircut. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: quick question for you guys: We've seen so many new R&B artists emerge on the scene—SZA, Kalani, Her. Does Tanashi even fit into that group? Because it feels like she came a little before them. And she's been on and off the scene for a minute. Does she fit in with that group? Or is is that a different generation?
1: I would put her in that group as far as... I wouldn't say that she was kind of the previous generation. Because I don't feel like she was that far back. She does, to me, fit that group. But she doesn't fit the mold. Whereas their music, for you know, better or worse, still feels a little bit organic in some ways. Maybe not Kalani, but most of the other ones feels a little bit more true to who they are as artists, especially when they started out. But Tinashe just feels so manufactured, and that's the problem with her. And I love her. I love a lot of her songs, but she just feels like such a corporate creation at this point.
2: Yeah, and... I feel kind of bad, but isn't it interesting that SZA was the one who got featured on that Maroon 5 song, uh, that big hit they had? But that would have been a great look for Tanache. But I think that mm-hmm. just shows you that Tinashe's time might be kind of fading. She is turning 25 this year, if that means anything.
1: In the industry, it does.
2: yeah.
0: But we'll see. I mean, Joyride is still apparently in the works. It's been in the works for about three years now. I remember going to the Joyride tour back in 2016. So that lets you know how long her album has been in Purgatory. But maybe this is the year that she'll put out the album. She has Offset on the record, and I know how much you guys love the Migos. So we will see. Another artist that was stuck in Purgatory for some time actually had a chance to put out her album, Justine Sky. Ultraviolet. What did you guys think of the album?
1: Oh Lord. Y'all are just coming to me for all the depressing news, but I guess that's why you keep me around. I like Justine a lot, and kind of the way that we were talking a little bit about Tinashe, I liked her early work, but this album I ain't Hidden player. It's too... It doesn't know what it wants to do with itself. We got half of it is really trappy and really commercial, and it drives me crazy because there are artists who can make that sound work. You know who can make that sound work? Kay Michelle. She has a couple of songs on her album, and it works because it works with her personality. It works with her tone. Tony Braxton kind of made it work a little bit. People can make it work, but everybody can't ride those beats. She sounds not good on the trap songs. And the second half of the album was just sleepy time. So it was just I can remember liking one or two tracks, but it was very disappointing overall for an artist that I had a lot of high hopes for.
2: I haven't listened to it yet, but man, I I, I almost feel like it was the album was put out to fulfill the label's obligation at this point, and I hate to say that, because I'm a big fan of Justine. I've liked her music. I actually feel like she's one of the few younger artists who actually have a link to some of the more traditional sounds we actually are, like. And yeah. um, I'm kind of nervous to even hear the album now but i'm i'm really i don't have high hopes for how it's going to perform late you know um on the charts and it's just kind of unfortunate so we'll we'll see i guess
0: but you know what guys like i i'm curious to know what you guys think justine sky's potential is because i know we all like her and i think tanache once upon a time I don't know if she still has it I think she still has a little bit of that window is still a little open you know to be a star I don't do you guys see star potential in Justine Sky? because let's face the facts um, she looks great she can dance she can sing a little bit but do you think she has the X
1: factor I don't see it personally I don't see it and again this is no knock on her talent no not at all of the X Factor. This is kind of that star potential because there are a lot of... Cardi B has an X Factor and she ain't got nail bar in her briefcase. So, that's... The X Factor will take you a lot farther unfortunately than talent. But, I look at her and I feel like she's another artist who just fell into the wrong era. If she... I kind of think of her kind of like 702 circa 1996. 702 in that era... Did very very well for themselves. But if they came out today. I don't think that they would be noticed at all. I feel like if Justine. Would have been in a different era. I think maybe early 2000's. She would have definite memorable hits. I don't know if she would be a mega artist. But I think she would be much more fondly remembered. She would have room to grow. And she would be able to present her sound. And hear it on the radio. Because the audience was more receptive. And it wasn't trap or die like we kind of have now and it's it's just uh, it's so frustrating especially when i look at her and a Tanache, who i would have bet the farm on i was like this girl Tanache is like the new aaliyah she's gonna do it she's gonna be huge and she can't get a single out to save her life times it's sad player
2: it's interesting that you have to even consider that these days but like i didn't i wouldn't have thought sisa had the x-factor but then again, she does have the X factor, and guess who it is—Kendrick Lamar, who's exactly. to me, I will say, is giving her these opportunities to succeed. I mean, that's more so what it's about these days, unfortunately. But
1: I you mean, know, and that's he, always yeah. kind of been the case, but even more so now because even back in the day, there's always the artist that will put on the next artist. But like today is essential. Without Kendrick sizzle would be we'd be talking about sizzle in the same breath as those two artists. i i don't agree I with that
0: I, I i disagree with that actually i think sizzle created a movement for her for herself even without kendrick i remember going to scissors tour oh this was probably back in 2000 and i want to say 14 and she already had built up a fan base on her own and i don't think the linkage to kendrick was that strong at the time i think like i feel like Kendrick provided her a platform but she took it and ran with it and some of these newer artists they get all these features and they don't make much of it.
1: No and I I agree with you there because I have my cousin is a huge huge SZA fan and he was down with SZA way before she was known so she definitely had a huge fan base but the difference is she could have a huge fan base, but without Kendrick as the springboard, she would not. we would not have the weekend playing on mainstream radio like it is now. It's always in 2018 about the springboard. The Cardi B, her springboard was loving hip-hop. It always has to be something that takes you to the next level because, unfortunately, it's not just talent. But when it comes to talent and fan base, she had it. Tinashe has it. Her fans stay saying, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the single that's going to blow. And it doesn't because she doesn't have that springboard.
2: And I think by springboard, you also mean it op- opens doors. Kendrick Lamar opens doors. And right. that's what Justine Sky and Tinashe could use, someone to open doors for them. And they don't quite have that. Both of them have fan bases. And SZA had a fan base, but th- I think there's just a difference there.
0: Fair enough. Speaking of a fan base with no uh, springboards, Rough Ends released a new album.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, oh <no>. my God.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and shout out to their publicist, uh, DJ Soulchild, for putting us on that uh, album. I'm glad. <laughs> he, oh <my. laughs>
0: he's, he's putting in work. Oh, my God. No, but honestly... Did either of you know that Rough Ends put out an album? And if you guys say yes, I will, on record right now, buy you guys both a Nintendo Switch. Each. I
1: I had no idea that they had an album. I had no idea they had a comeback. I have listened to the album since. But, yes, I had not received one email in my inbox. Nothing. Well,
2: I'll tell you one thing, and this is not a diss. But if you look at their um, Twitter page, their official Twitter page, there's two things that immediately strike me as as a red flag. Number one, they're following 677 people, but they only have 287 followers. To me, that doesn't scream legit. Number two, their profile says, the international R&B group that brought you hits like no more shopping sprees. That's not even the name of their what? song. That is not, That's not the t- s- <laughs> I mean, come on. This is
1: their official Twitter page. Are you sure? Did they didn't have to check? Are we sure this is official? And not some weird old this fan is, page? This
2: is their official. Trust me. There's no weird. no, no my God. No one's creating fake rough ends pages in 2018. <laughs> wow. Oh. Ed, your response?
1: I- I am dying is my response. My response is called a corner because you're killing me up in this joint. Oh, my God. All right. Back to business. I heard the album and through all the shade that was just thrown. The album actually was okay in a sense. Kind of like, let's go back to what we just talked about with Keith. This album sounds like it could have been released in 2001. And I don't say that as a diss. Well, I mean, I kind of do and I kind of don't. But... I say that as this sounds like a Rough Ends album. This isn't Rough Ends getting an escape and up here trying to trap or doing and they are sticking with the sound that they know. So if you are a Rough Ends fan, you will like the album. The unfortunate part is it sounds like it's from 2001. So there's nothing that's really outside of that first listen. There's not really anything that makes you want to revisit it. It's just kind of like, oh, these are some pretty good songs from a pretty good group. But there's nothing that makes you want to revisit and go back. And twelve months from now, when we're doing our one hundred songs of the year, I don't know if I'm going to be going back through re-listening to their album to pick a song out because it's fine. It's an album for their fans, but it just doesn't stand out in any way.
0: Um, not to um, be not to be disrespectful, and um, I mean, I've seen stranger things happen on the internet. Such as Blue Cantrell having her own fan page. There's actually a person <laughs> that created a fan page for Blue Cantrell. But do you think yep. Rough Ends has the same thing? Is there a Rough Rough Ends fan page floating around Twitter somewhere? Uh, first
2: of all, that was probably Blue. That was ends, Blue Cantrell's sister who created that. Let's be honest. Here. Come on.
1: <laughs> and you're probably right, and I can say that because my old school Soul and Stereo fans know the. <laughs> the long remembered Soul and Stereo Blue Cantrell beef, and that was mostly family from her end. So, but we squashed that beef. I love you, Blue, a little bit.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, I, the, the worst part is, and I was telling you about this, Kyle, even if there were rough fans, uh, fans out there, they probably wouldn't even know this album exists because it's, clear, right. it's it's clear they created this Twitter page pretty recently. You know, haven't really marketed this project at all and I'm just upset about it because oh. come on. Have a plan. You know, if you're gonna put out music. Don't just make music and throw it out there and hope people find it and hope the DJ Soul Charles of the World will tell their Facebook fan page about it. I mean, come <laughs> no. on.
1: I'm mad. I mean, we we talked about this before, I think, with Brian McKnight's album. If Soul in Stereo and You Know I Got Soul does not know that you are putting out an album and you are an established R&B star and nobody knows, then how is random Rough Ends fan who hasn't heard a song since Something to Love in 2002 gonna, like, know that there's gonna be new music out there? In this era, you have to market it to people who are gonna be championing your cause and you are listening to the people who are gonna be championing your cause. So, if you ain't promoting it, how how am not going to get this junk. I don't understand it. And I guess Soul Child is the plug because that dude knows when everybody (laughs) drops.
0: Yep. Now, I got to ask you guys this. Quick yes or no question. Some groups that came back in recent years. I'm curious to know, will they ever put out another album? Because we talk about, oh, this is the comeback album, but it seems like the common theme is they put out the album and disappear off the face of the earth again. So I'm going to give you a list of artists or groups you guys are going to tell me if they're going to put out another album in the next five years. Are you guys ready? Okay. We have After 7.
1: Mm, see, I would have said yes if we didn't just get this album. So now I'm worried that like they're going to win and done it. They're going to be like, all right, we good. So I don't know who'll get another
2: one. I will say yes, only because I think this one did pretty well. So I think they're gonna keep it. I think they're gonna keep it going.
1: All right. Jagged Edge. Oh yeah. Definitely. Ain't no escaping that. Definitely. One twelve. No. Hmm. I'm gonna say no. You gonna say no?
2: Based on, I think they're gonna get discouraged based on how poorly this one did, and not even bother. Huh?
1: I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic, and I know it may be because one twelve are my boys, but I'll hold out hope and say that within the next five years, probably like getting down to the wire, we'll have another one.
2: Well, well, Kyle, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did they have any charting singles even on Urban AC?
0: Uh, I think Dangerous Games got to like the the mid the mid teens, like ten, eleven.
2: See, that to me is a bad sign. That means. It wasn't even properly supported or they didn't even bother. So oh, that's why I'm going to say no. I mean, I, these artists have such unrealistic expectations, man. They're assuming they're going to go platinum again in this day and age. I mean, come <laughs> on. I'm serious.
1: No, you're right. I mean, Cousin Chris couldn't go platinum until they told all these crazy fans to turn the Spotify on and leave the house. That's the only way he went platinum.
2: Wait, hold on, hold, hold on, hold on. Do you, have you looked at the Urban AC charts lately, anyone here?
1: Yeah. Not, since not in 2018. I haven't looked at them since, like, December.
2: Tank has been number one for 11 weeks. Is this real? Yep. Wow.
1: I believe it. Wow. Because he was, like, last time I looked at it. I believe. Ladies love wow. Tank.
2: He's the general. I mean, and I would say there's no competition. I mean, but, yeah. All there
1: right. isn't. Alright, calm down. We just hold out hope until Keith gets some charts. Boy, keep gonna rock it up. <laughs> Alright, a couple
0: more names here. TLC. I think they're done. I don't think they can afford another oh, album. Oh, you know.
1: play a stick a fork in them heifers. No. That's it's it. It's over. Yep. Alright. Jodeci. <laughs> we just said we couldn't find JoJo. Last time we saw him, he was wiping the sweat off his head two years ago.
2: That was about and four years ago with that and,
1: towel. And
0: I don't think Devonte is even part of the group anymore. He doesn't tour with them, so airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> and the last, <laughs> the last group we have. Will they put out another album? The last time we heard from them, I think they. It was their album was freshly copied from Guitar Center. Silk. What recorded in oh, their basement yeah. silk are they gonna put another album
2: their cd artwork I, we haven't seen that type of artwork <laughs> in and i don't know how long
1: <laughs> that's windows 95 clip art oh my goodness <laughs> um i will say yes because they are still active i know i give my boys a hard time i love silk i love them i love them Lil' G is my dude. I think we will. They're still active. They still tour. They still do the the little play. So I think we'll see it. Can they I tend th- to drop every four years or so anyway. Can I throw one out there? Yep. Please do. And,
2: and, and this is because someone recently said we don't show this artist enough love. You re- this is for you, Ed. Ready? Okay. Portrait?
1: Portrait? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm Is this so 1993?
1: serious 1993? No player they, they've wrapped it up What, happened? Song what do you Port- mean? Not- we need a new portrait I'm not- <laughs> Player I love portrait but come on y'all Well then Are they, well, we get- are they a one hit wonder? <laughs> See I was about to say no but now I'm trying to think of another song of that <laughs> Somebody's gonna correct me. I think they're pretty much. No, all. I was. I th- oh, no, they can't. Oh my gosh!
2: But it Did is they new- really
1: only have the one song.
2: It is New Jack Swing, so that's gonna that's definitely coming back soon, in 2018. New Jack Swing, it never died. We love you, New Jack Swing. <laughs> oh,
0: my God! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So let's quickly go through the new albums that are coming up in the coming weeks. Or maybe albums that just came out. This album just came out. We haven't really had a chance to listen to it yet, but Sir from Kendrick Lamar's Camp, TDE, Sir put out a new album.
1: I haven't heard the album either, but like you said, I've heard a lot of hype about it.
0: Listen, guys, 2017 was way too confusing for me. I had to listen to her. I had to listen to him. And then I had to listen well, First of all, you didn't have
1: to listen to him. That was on you.
0: Alright, alright. Well I listened to her. And now I have to listen to Sir. <laughs> this this is too confusing, but I will eventually get to it. But another album that is coming out is Craig David. Tom, you got a chance to
2: interview Craig David. Yeah. That was a pretty good interview. He's a really cool guy. He thinks R and B is coming back, but I um I, I don't think so, but um He's really passionate about R&B, so I, I was appreciative of that. But I just don't—I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty impressed by his movement, you know, to make it this far. He signed to a major label again, you know. He's he's doing a lot of live shows, so I'm impressed. But uh, we'll see we'll see how the album sounds. He says it's a true R&B album. I'm looking forward to it.
1: I'm really looking forward to it too. I really like the single he has with Gold Link, um, "Living the Moment." That was a really fun song. So. I'm pretty excited for it, and Craig David is one of those. We remember him for the, the mega hits he had in the 2000s, and but in like 2000, 2001. But he has some heat in between now and then too, so he's pretty consistent. So I think that this might be our first solid release of 2018.
0: Yeah, Craig David is definitely capable of creating some tunes. So tunes, <laughs> if I'm uh saying it correctly shout out to our uk listeners out there um (laughs) (laughs) wow so i think that pretty much wraps up all the new music and new albums that are coming out of course we have justin timberlake but we'll talk about that when it's closer to the album release i got a quick question for you guys before we get out of here what's the better song supplies or no limit by usher
1: Oh my mm. gosh, no limit by far. I can at least listen to No Limits. Like, Supplies is unlistenable. I. Oh, man.
2: Do I have to listen to either of them ever again? Oh, yes, you do. Uh, um, I'm going with No Limits. Sorry, Justin. We love you. <laughs> wow.
1: Um, so, Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? Well, oh, yeah. If you guys have not stopped by soulandstereo.com since our last podcast, which was man like early December, you've missed a lot of stuff. We talked about the 100 songs of R and B songs of 2018. We've got that going. Also, my top 30 albums of 2017 list that made all the Mary J. Blige stats mad because she only made honorable mention. So see the 30 albums that were better than Mary J.'s album because I got that popping. Of course we got the love letters And we got a couple Other features we've got The annual Player Please Awards I don't think I've talked About that since the last podcast but Every year I take a time Out to go off on the most Ridiculous celebrity stuff Of the year so check out my Player Please Awards for 2017 That one had them rolling In December and then kind of kind of Off the grid a little different for us Everyone and their mama. Is hyped about this new Black Panther movie that's dropping pretty soon. So since everyone's hyped and has no clue about what the actual character is, and I'm a big fan of the Black Panther character and storyline, I took some time to talk about the character, talk about some of his villains, talk about some of the stuff that we have in store with the movie, and that actually got a lot of traction from a lot of places. So shouts out to everyone who shows support for that. Oh, and speaking of that, shout out to Rhapsody, Um, one of my favorite R&B, I mean R&B, my favorite rap artist of 2017, I ranked her album number two of the year. She gave Soul & Stereo over the Christmas holidays an unsolicited shout out that was very heartfelt. She really liked my write up of her album, kind of my synopsis, and she hit me up and told me how much she liked that and she shared the post, so shout out to Rhapsody for being a real one
0: out here damn Tom what's going on with you know I got soul I know you interviewed Craig David recently what else is going on
2: yeah that will be out soon I'm working on setting up a interview with the group uh, the international R&B group that brought you hits like no more shopping Spree." so look forward <laughs> to that soon
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're gonna love you after this podcast good lord
2: I actually am working. I just hit them up on Twitter right now, actually, and uh, I will set up an interview and uh, I'll even ask them about some of these things, believe it or not. Why not? You should. Other than that, uh, Kyle, we're going back to our roots. Uh, We're going to start posting like we did back back in uh, the old days, back when I was in Connecticut. Um, I have no idea what that means. I'm just kind of making fun of Justin Timberlake. I'm I'm lost here. What's going on? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just inspired by Timberlake going back to his roots and uh, not even following up on it. So, oh, so uh, We're going to just start, start of, posting trap music. The man of Connecticut. Music. We're going to start posting huh? trap music is what you're telling me. Yes, that's what that means. Uh, Cardi right, B, uh. your fair game now. Whoever <laughs> else is out there, make a real R&B. Hit us
1: up. Wow. And this is why this will be the last Solar Stereo You Know I Got Soul podcast. Yes, yes, it will. Ed,
2: Ed, because you can never, you never take us seriously, you never appreciate our, our respect for R&B, and uh, that's why we can't work with you anymore. That's it. right.
1: <laughs> well, the feeling is mutual because there's been so much key sweat disrespect this past hour and fifteen minutes. It's ridiculous. And you know, it wouldn't be a
0: you know I got so and so in stereo podcast without me slandering somebody. I know we're an hour and fifteen <laughs> minutes in, so. If you've gotten this far into it, then congratulations. You get to hear my slander of the day. So in one of my previous podcasts, I had mentioned that I was going to be interviewing Pretty Ricky. I'm sure you guys all remember that. Oh, boy. If you've checked the website, you will notice that there is not a Pretty Ricky interview in sight. I know a lot of people have been waiting for it. And the reason for that is I hit up their publicist. I was like, hey, can I get an interview with Pretty Ricky? And they were like, okay, let me confirm. They hit me back 6 hours later and says, "Congratulations. Your interview is set with Pretty Ricky. You will be interviewing Baby Blue." And I was like, "What about the rest of the group?" <laughs> no response. What? Yeah.
2: Yep.
1: And why Baby Blue of all of them? Well,
0: apparently he's like the MVP of the group, so um, but I really He don't also
2: <laughs> He also knew Static Major.
0: Yeah, the, the rest of them did too though.
1: But anyway,
2: yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean the only one
1: I remember by name is Pleasure P and Spectacular. I don't even remember the other two dudes. So brother, uh, Baby Blue, whatever. Baby
0: Blue's the one that says whoa all the time. So, oh
1: okay. Well, that's Joe critical. Alone, so the
2: group. That's been critical to the success of the group, though.
1: What? Whoa and Spectacular's abs. Okay.
2: Yep. Wow.
0: Anywho this concludes the very last episode of the you know i got so and so in stereo podcast because as of the next episode we will be rebranding this podcast and over the last couple of weeks we've been trying to figure out a name for this podcast and it might change after this podcast is over but or until the next podcast but the name that we have right now will be soulback initially we were going to name it throwback but Anytime I mention throw, that just encourages Ed to throw his hands at people, and we don't want that. So we're going to call it no, Soul I'm Back. No, I wish. We're going to call it Soul Back.
1: Are we good on that one? So, yeah, new. I think we're good on it. It's a new name and a new brand, and we've got some cool stuff coming up for 2018. We're going to take this a little step further, player, because we got some heat here. And I want that, the nation and the world to hear what we got going on. We're bringing Soul back. We're bringing R&B back, homie.
2: Real r is back.
0: Yep. So that's it for this episode <laughs> of the podcast. We're going to have a lot of great things coming up. More guests. Uh, more Hall of Fame nominations. We're going to reset the whole thing. Music Soul Child. You'll have another shot at it. But until yes. then.
1: <laughs> I doubt that.
0: But until then, this is Kyle. That's Tom. And that's Ed. And we are out. Peace. We
2: Peace. Out. <laughs>